2: Abner Maris is a world champion boxer, Olympian sports commentator, and most importantly, a girl dad. That's right, a dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world, both in and out of the ring. He's on Blue Wire, on Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris. We'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is today. In that podcast, they'll discuss the state of boxing. They'll discuss Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to a boxing champ. And that's the thing I'm personally most interested in. I, I always get the idea that these world champion athletes are just born world champion athletes. The journey to get there is always fascinating to me. And I cannot wait to hear that story on this podcast. they will also talk about being a husband and being an awesome girl dad. Listen to On The Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesdays.
0: Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in!
2: Touchdown, 49ers! Kittle is going to go! Touchdown! Yeah, you heard it there. It's Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire podcast network. That guy sitting right over there is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers for NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today sports media group. And out of uh, respect for our NBA fans who might not have been rooting for the Lakers, we will not discuss beating the Heat on this podcast, (laughs) (laughs) mostly because my buddy Dave's a big Heat fan. He's an avid listener of the pod. Shout out to Dave. Shout out to the Miami Heat. Awesome season for them. Uh, And shout out to the Miami Dolphins, who had an incredible game against the 49ers, and that's what we're going to discuss today. Because um, the 49ers got worked on sunday and chris i'm just gonna dive in like that because i don't really know how to uh, delicately slice this one uh they got a beat down put on them at Levi stadium
1: yeah it was uh it was really surprising and I, I think the thing that makes it so surprising is that this is a team in the 49ers that hasn't gotten blown out in a really long time um, you have to go all the way back to 2018 and the end of that season for the last time this team got blown out last year in 2019, when they ended up 13 and three in the number one seed, all their three losses were by 13 points combined and they lost this game by 26. Um, so it was just a really unique game from the standpoint of, wow, the 49ers do not have it right now. They're getting thumped at, in their own building. They're Owen three. Um, in Levi Stadium, they've lost to two eight and a half point underdogs and a seven point underdog. Um, and it's pretty alarming, but I don't know that like th- I think this was sort of bound to happen at some point given all the injuries. But I think what what was more alarming about it was sort of the missteps that that I think Kyle Shanahan made in this game because we're used to the 49ers always being, um, pretty well coached in terms of the decision he makes from, from a personnel perspective. Um, and I think, I think he kind of bungled the week and I don't know that it's yeah. necessarily all his fault. And we'll talk about some of that stuff, um, as we go through this episode, but, um, you know, Brian Allen starting at cornerback, obviously that didn't work out. Um, I think there were better options than a guy making his first NFL start who you promoted on the prac from the practice squad the day before the game. Um, to start at cornerback Who i know you're
2: unsigned a month ago
1: right and i know you're really decimated the position and, and we'll talk about all of that stuff um i think it's fair to question whether or not jimmy garoppolo should have played sure um based on based on how things went and and what kyle shanahan sort of knew about high ankle sprains going in i think he can make the case that that was definitely a mistake and and um there's also you know, there, there's also a case that you just play your player if he wants to play too. Right. Um, but as we go through this game, I think, um, the, the thing I came out of the, the takeaway was that this was a failure from everybody. This was, you know, Shanahan did not coach a good game. He did not make some, he did not make great decisions throughout the game. Um, the 49ers Shanahan was talking about it today and I, I hadn't really realized this, but Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Raheem Mostert, do you know how many practices the 49ers have had in 2020, so since training camp, with all of those players healthy and on the practice field together?
2: Well, it's got to be none, because Debo was not healthy, and then by the time he was, Kittle wasn't healthy, and then Garoppolo wasn't healthy for a while, so.
1: Well, they, they so they had potentially one on on Wednesday before Samuel got sick. Um, oh,
2: okay. yeah, I guess so sense.
1: but but that but it speaks to the state of the 49ers, and that's obviously not their only issue right now. Right. We'll talk all about the offensive line and all that too, but they don't have that, they're completely out of rhythm. Um, they they don't have a whole lot of chemistry right now. And uh, they're dealing with injuries and it's kind of a perfect storm. And in the NFL, when you're when you're not clicking on so many different levels and so many things are going wrong, you're going to get you're going to be prone to get blown out. And I think the the unexpected part of it was the fact that the 49ers are so good and have set such a high standard, especially since the start of last season, that they just never got blown out. So the fact that they actually did with a lot of their guys on the offensive side in the lineup. Um, is a little alarming, and uh, but if you look on the defensive side, I think the injuries explain a lot of uh, a lot of what happened.
2: Right, and I think that's something. So I want to start this with saying I I agree with you on the on the coaching. It's the first time because even in 2017 and 2018, I was pretty impressed with the way the 49ers, especially at the end of the season, were still playing hard, still trying in in lost seasons. And I attributed that to the coaching staff and the job they did. And they got blown out a couple of times, and they lost a bunch of games in that stretch. But the, it was because of talent. It, it, they were they didn't look wholly unprepared to play. On Sunday, even with the injuries, I I I think that injuries you can point to being the reason they lost, but. There was just a lack of, I'm going to use the word preparation because I don't have a better word for it, but there was a lack of preparation that led to them getting blown out. And I don't know if it's because the injury news just continues to be bad and the players just kind of go went into the week going, we're starting Brian Allen at corner, we're done. Or if there's if there's something more to it, I just it was bizarre, and it I in a way <laughs> in a way I guess it's a good thing because it's so uncharacteristic of this team. But I I fear in the in the short term of for and I, and I say in the short term meaning the 2020 season that that might be indicative of things to come over the next what is it 12 weeks, yeah, because. I, 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 Nick Bosa is not coming back. Solomon Thomas is not coming back. Um, you know, they're not Richard Sherman. And we'll talk about him as it, it doesn't sound like he's going to come back this week. Uh, so the Niners are going to be digging into the, into the, into the depth chart again for, for starting corners. Jimmy Garoppolo might be battling this ankle injury all season. This is not something where the, the 49ers are going, Hey, in three weeks, we're going to have all our guys back and we're going to be able to make a run and that's that was my biggest concern coming out of coming out of sunday is that we may see some more of these games through the rest of 2020 as it kind of sinks in that you know this Niners team isn't the team that went to the super bowl and that's the second point i wanted to make just real quick and then I'll hand it to you a lot of the discourse i've heard is <laughs> is That, wow, the Miami Dolphins went in and beat the defending NFC champions, sort of. This is not the defending NFC champion 49ers. This is the 49ers, but a very different version of that team. And I think I would be more concerned long term if they were fully healthy and this happened. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Less concerned because it's like, ah, they had a bad game. Chalk it up. They'll go get them next week. I watched Sunday and I'm not sure what it, it in the immediate can happen differently, especially going into a very difficult part of their schedule.
1: Yeah. So I, I think the weird, the most sort of the most alarming thing that is, is within the team's control. Um, Cause injuries sort of haven't been, although we can talk about how some of these guys have been dealt with um, or handled, I guess in, in terms of injury stuff, but The most alarming thing to me, and I tweeted about this during the game, was just to play the offensive line and just all the talk and and everything we even saw in training camp was that, all right, at left tackle, you might even have an upgrade over Joe Staley somehow with Trent Williams, right? Like Trent, Trent Williams is one of the few players in the league. Um, There's probably a handful of them that you would say, all right, he's on the same tier as Joe Staley and he might even be better. Um, Trent Williams hasn't been particularly good, or at least he hasn't been consistent to the point where he's not making a few glaring mistakes each game. Right. And um, I, I think on the whole, if you look at good plays versus bad plays and just that overall ratio, I think he's I think he's doing fine. But the bad plays are really glaring and are really hurting the team, whether they're, um, you know, holding penalties in the red zone uh, an offside or a false start on on the last drive of the game which he had against the Eagles. Um you know, he had there there have just been these miscommunications. Miscommunication, yeah. yeah, miscommunications with with other people on the offensive line. He passed a pass rusher off to Lakin Tomlinson who was blocking somebody else and that was an easy sack um in the first half of, of Jimmy Garoppolo on on uh, on Sunday. So it there, was, there were there are just things that seem uncharacteristic and it didn't seem like Weston Richburg would be a massive a massive loss just given that Ben Garland did play a lot last year and played at a at a reasonable level obviously he's not as good as Richburg but it never felt like um you know the the 49ers while they were running for nearly 500 yards in those two playoff games that they were really missing Richburg all that much and Mike McGlinchey isn't playing as well as he did last year and right. I think lakin Tomlinson probably isn't playing as well as he as he is last year and so that's sort of where it starts if you can't block people then when you have skill position guys who haven't gotten a whole lot of time to practice together, who clearly aren't in sync and on the same page, and everybody's sort of on their own different um, injury schedule because they've all been dealing with different things, it's it's very clear that the 49ers have a lot of work to do in order to get on the same page. And it might be that they don't get on the same page until late in the year when it's too late and and they're out of the playoff race. Um, and if you look at the schedule, that's that's just a very realistic possibility. But I also think w- the, the interesting part of this season now is the fact that there I've said it before, but there are seven teams uh, that go to the playoffs in each conference this year with the expanded seating. And there's going to be a team eight and eight, nine and seven, maybe ten and six. Um, but there are going to be teams around that 500 mark that are going to be in the, in the mix for that final playoff spot. And then if you just get in, who knows what, ha- what can happen? So right. I think you, you, you said it, if the 49ers go six and five, the rest of the way they finish eight and eight.
2: Right.
1: And based on the schedule, I think six wins is probably an upset just based on the schedule right now, but the yeah. way the league can fluctuate and how much upside this 49ers team still has, um, I think it's possible. And then if, you know, if they win some games they're maybe not supposed to, then they're in that, you know, nine and seven, maybe 10 and six range. And we're talking about a playoff spot, but man, I think with all the injuries now, and you know, Richard Sherman had a setback with his calf last week. He's not going to play this week. He's trying injections to, to lower inflammation, which isn't a great sign given that it's already been a month now since that he's been out. Um, D Ford probably, I mean, there's no real end in sight. He went on injured reserve on Saturday uh, or maybe it was at the week before I don't I don't even remember now <laughs> but D Ford's out for the foreseeable future with a back injury um Kwan Williams is out for a little while 3 weeks at least with uh with a knee injury so it's going to be tough um I I do think they can do it but it's all going to come down to to Jimmy Garoppolo and I think that's a good segue into into the the franchise quarterback who got benched uh, because he didn't play particularly well
2: yeah yikes it was <laughs> <laughs> it was they they made a point on the fox broadcast after halftime i i forget the sideline reporter's name but she said that Kyle Shanahan made a point to look at her and say that Garoppolo was getting benched because they were protecting him and i i'm sorry like i i get it I I I totally understand. They they were getting blown out. Offensive line wasn't looking great. He you know a, probably less mobile than he would normally be. But, uh, spoiler alert: if that's a seven to three game and Garoppolo just looks okay, they're leaving him in. Um, if that's Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs are leaving him in. Like that's that's the that's the thing I can't really wrap my head around yet and I'm hoping that you can help walk me through it a little bit because I get what Shanahan's doing pulling the starting quarterback in a blowout where the starting quarterback is already hurt what I'm having a little bit of a difficult time with is why start him at all then
1: Yeah. I I think that's, that's the issue is starting him in that game. And, and Shanahan's point throughout the whole thing was, I, I hit Shanahan's point throughout the whole thing was that high ankle sprains are really tricky and they can be fine during the week and the player can feel totally great. And the training staff can, can sign off on him playing. And then there's one thing that happens in the game and that you know twist the ankle a little bit and then the ankles barking again and then uh you know it's it's basically as bad as it was when it first happened i don't know that it got to that point um but i i just think you know down 23 points i don't i don't have any problem with pulling garoppolo there um because you don't want to completely kill his confidence the offensive line clearly wasn't blocking all that well for him um the dolphins i i I mean this the the jury or the scouting report now on the 49ers is just blitz as often as you can and hit the quarterback. Um, If I were playing against Jimmy Garoppolo right now, I would just blitz a ton, knock him around a little bit. If it leads to a few big plays, that's fine. Eventually you might, uh, you might be able to, to get some interceptions off of him just by hitting him and, and, you know, rattling him that way since the offensive line can't protect him. Right. And so if you're Kyle Shanahan watching the Dolphins tee off on him and Garoppolo <laughs> doesn't even I mean that on those interceptions on the one to his left to um on the pass to McKinnon that got picked by the safety, Garoppolo's right foot wasn't even on the ground when he released the ball. Like he like picked his foot off the he he didn't he he didn't have any weight on his back leg at all. Right. And just kind of flung it up there um without his body behind it and Obviously, the, the result was a terrible pass that was underthrown and inaccurate and got intercepted. right? And and then it was a similar situation where that throw, he airmailed over Debo Samuel. So I'm with you. The, and the issue... ball came out, too. Yeah, right. I, I'm with you. Like, if if you think Garoppolo has a chance to be like that, and I know it's probably you're probably looking at it like we have to win this game. But if there's if there's a chance that that Garoppolo looks like that and you have to take him out, you're probably better off just not playing him. Right. And then if the offensive line is going to be bad, let C.J. Beathard take those hits.
2: (laughs) You know, (laughs) like
1: I I hate to I hate to be frank about it like that. But like, you know, that's what it is. is. Yeah.
2: Like C.J. Beathard is not making twenty seven million dollars. Right. That I know that's a really kind of barbaric way to put it, but that's. The thinking yeah right like that's
1: when your offensive line is playing like that yeah i i think the issue is that he played him at all i think i would have right. given him another week i would have tried to bring him back against the rams um so, let him get a uh, another week removed from it and of of course it's easy for me to say in hindsight right, right. I, i'm not trying to say like it wasn't a completely egregious decision um but clearly it wasn't the right decision based on how the how it worked out
2: so we had mark Schlerethon, i produce a radio show in the bay area on 95 7 the game 10 a.m to 2 p.m <laughs> 95 7 the game and <laughs> we had mark Schlerethon, and mark Schlereth said that he had a high ankle sprain and it was one of the most painful injuries he dealt with as a professional football player and he said what happens is He said, A, he wanted him to x-ray it because he thought it was broken, even though they were telling him he wasn't, and he's saying, no, this hurts so bad, it's got to be broken. And then he said what happens is they inject the painkillers into your leg, and the painkillers kind of get down into the foot and numb your foot out, so you can't really feel your feet. And... I don't know if that's still how it's done in 2020. I don't know what modern medicine they use, but if that's the case, I imagine that sucks and it makes <laughs> it really hard to play football effectively. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure what Jimmy Garoppolo was dealing with, but it was very clear that he was not a hundred percent and it was right. clear on on the first throw of the game. Um, he was, he, he's was super inaccurate. Um, like you said, the two interceptions he's, he's prone to throwing bad interceptions. Those two interceptions were, were some of the worst he's, he's had. And I, 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 like I said, I, I get what the 49ers are trying to do. And I don't think that starting Beathard or CJ Mullins, or uh, sorry, CJ Beathard or Nick Mullins would have changed the outcome. I think the dolphins are going to win that game. Regardless.
1: The dolphins played really well.
2: The dolphins played excellent. And... Dolphins
1: defense was really good
2: yeah and and the forty nineers defense wasn't and no. I, I don't know I don't <laughs> no. know if c I don't know if c j Beathard or Nick mullins was was going to change that so the good news is shanahan said in his press conference today Monday that Garoppolo didn't hurt it hurt his ankle worse and that it projects to get better yeah um so we'll we'll see come Sunday, but I mean they're They're running out of of games to kind of uh get away with losing. and now they face a Rams team that's playing really, really well and has the best defensive lineman maybe ever uh, in the middle of their defensive line. so so here's yeah, so let let's we'll preview that next uh, later in the week. yeah, so here
1: here's the thing. With the Niners right now, and I think the reason why they viewed this Dolphins game as as sort of a must win. I mean, you wanna you wanna win every game, right? Right. But given that they were two and two, um, with this gauntlet coming up, you have the Rams at New England, at Seattle, home to the Packers, at New Orleans, by week, at the Rams, hosting Buffalo on a Monday night. That is a seven game gauntlet that is going to define your season. And the reason why you want to win the Dolphins game is because you need all the wins you can get going into that stretch, obviously. Right. Um so I get the I get the urgency to get Garoppolo back in there, particularly after what happened in the Eagles game. Um but it didn't work. And now I mean now you just hope that the 49ers actually are able to get all of their guys practicing and are able to get on a rhythm, correct their issues along the offensive line, but I mean that's a huge ask in one week based on what we've seen from this team the last couple weeks.
2: Yeah, I think the bigger issue is, let's say they let's say they handled the Eagles, not the way they handled the Giants, but you know just just beat them. Let's say twenty seven to thirteen, and just you know looked good, look look dominant. And then had the exact same game they had Sunday, I think it's less of a big deal. And it gets chalked up to, okay, well, the secondary was beat up, got off to a slow start, they got off game script and had to throw more than they wanted. Uh Niners backup tight ends played three combined snaps yesterday, which is wild for a team that that uses a lot of multiple tight end sets. But the the Niners got away from what they wanted to do, and you know, on to on to next week but it's the back to back games where they just looked abysmal that i think is really what's sounding the alarm bells it's not just in a vacuum sunday it's the combination of the last two weeks and i think the realization that like oh the not every game is going to go like the giants where <laughs> yeah. where they they dominate despite injuries that was absolutely absolutely the aberration
1: yeah um that's true yeah, that's true. I mean, the the Thank thing you. is is Nick Bosa is not coming back. And like we mentioned, D Ford's probably going to be out yeah. for a while. We don't know how long Richard Sherman's going to be out. But this is a defense that's missing, obviously it's top two edge
2: defenders. Um a defense built front to back that's missing its top two edge defenders. Keep going.
1: And the Niners have started five different combinations of cornerbacks through the first five games and mm-hmm. the only player The only cornerback who made the 53-man roster for week one that's healthy at the moment is Jason Verrett. Gosh. Think about that.
2: That's unbelievable.
1: Jason Verrett, the guy who has a longer injury history than just about anybody in the league, and he's the 49ers' only healthy cornerback right now.
2: Hey, real quick, just on a positive note, since this has been a pretty dreary podcast, (laughs) uh, shout out to Jason Verrett, yeah because that story is awesome,
1: yeah, he's, it's really cool. He's playing well. I think he's played, gonna start when Sherman comes back. I really do i th-
2: I think so too. I think he's given up like three catches and nine targets or four catches and nine targets. It's been awesome, yeah, and that's for for a guy who hadn't played more than uh one game since two thousand and sixteen he's played three games, he's played hundred and seventy one snaps and he's played really really well. so I don't want that story to get missed in kind of all the doom and gloom. Uh, because it's great. I was looking at uh I was looking at the snap counts for the defense this morning and texting you about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Uh ten players on defense got snaps against Miami who were not starters in week one. Uh so that is Jason Verrett, I counted Javon Kinlock, Kerry Hyder, Akella Witherspoon, Deion Jordan. Kevin Givens, Jamar Taylor, Contavia Street, Brian oh. Allen, uh Alex Barrett and Marcel Harris.
1: Yeah, we got to talk okay. about the Brian Allen thing after after uh in the next segment.
2: Sure. Absolutely. 7 of those played 40% or more of the snaps. Yeah. Like it's so many guys who were not supposed to be playing this many snaps playing a lot of snaps. And I think we talked about this last week, what Herm Edwards said about you can get away with your backups playing for 20 or 25 snaps like they're supposed to. When you start getting them up into the 40, 50, 60 snap range, that's when they get exposed. And I think that's just kind of a little bit what we're seeing with the 49ers. Do you want to hit a break and then we can kind of dive into some more individual stuff? Yeah, let's do that.
1: which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire with 73% of online job seekers visiting indeed each month. Indeed is going to give you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses right now. Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts. $75, which, which means more quality candidates, We'll see it fast. Try Indeed with our free seventy-five dollar credit at indeed.com slash blue wire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Seventy-five dollars. That is that is a lot of money. Go right now. Mm, indeed. <laughs> Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December thirty-first.
2: Hey, are Yo. you are you are you waiting? Well, you can stop because the wait is finally over. Thanks for playing along with the bit, Chris. The wait is finally <laughs> over. Football is back. You, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online, just like I am. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. And honestly, that's why I started at Bet Online. I was placing wagers at Bet Online long before I was ever doing this podcast. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. The player props that allows you to customize them. So maybe you don't like uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's over yardage. You can knock it down some. The odds change, but you can parlay that with other players from other games. It's so much fun just building the wagers. And then obviously, you know, it's, it's fun winning as well. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every single day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses and don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, all one word, BlueWire. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Right, I totally
1: totally whiffed on the bit. That's okay. I was um, like pulling up pages trying to like, trying to find the, I, the stats I, from the Sunday. You know,
2: you know what? I know I I know I made that sound like it's on you, but <laughs> I'm wearing ninety ninety four four percent of the blame, ninety-four percent of the blame for not giving you the like, hey, I'm gonna do a bit, so head yeah.
1: up. <laughs> I was like, "Are you so, waiting?" I was like, "I, I think so." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't, don't you? I'm waiting for you to do the read.
2: <laughs> so, so that's that's on me. Uh The six percent that's on you is not knowing me well enough to know. Like, dude, chances are a bit is happening. Right. Like, I'm right. a big bits guy.
1: Yeah, you are. You are. You love the bits. I we we all love the bits. bits. There are lots of bits that we have that. <laughs> That, we, that trick- we don't bring onto the them, pod, actually. A
2: lot of them trickle into the pod, though.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. They uh, do. I mean, That's in reality, we
2: have a lot more, but um we have a we have a good time with it. Yeah. Uh let's let's do uh, we we had a name for this segment that we can't remember. <laughs> uh it's like winners and losers or, or studs and duds. Um the problem with winners and losers is like I ate potato chips for breakfast and these are nfl players and i have a hard time calling them losers because like <laughs> they do a way better job than i do so uh studs and duds what we're gonna call it because sure. a dud implies like they just kind of fell short of expectations. so uh first 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 stud from sunday is raheem Mostert, and i think not only for sunday's performance where he was excellent I think just kind of in general where I think the main talking point going into the year was like, oh, the Niners have a committee backfield and they're going to ride the hot hand. It's like, no, Raheem Mostert is the hot hand. He's their best, best running back by a wide margin.
1: Yeah. And, and I was wrong about that for sure. Um, I was as well. I, I thought Maheem, Raheem Mostert was sort of a, a maxed out, like complimentary style running back, but he's actually turned into, a guy that you need on the field. Um, yeah. Particularly with the way the 49ers offense is functioning right now. And he's obviously really good on the outside runs. He's showing more and more on the inside runs. Yep. I mean, 90 yards on 11 carries. Um, it seems like he's more reliable as a pass catcher too. caught all three of his targets, 29 yards, not like not a great day, but you know, 119 all purpose yards in a game where the 49ers had, 259 as a team. Yeah. Um, Mostert's good. And and if he's healthy, he's certainly a bright spot. And hopefully for the 49ers, given how much they rely on the running game for just about everything. Um, getting Mostert going would be a really good start for them.
2: Yeah. He ran hard. He just he looked really good on Sunday. Yeah. Um, look looked fresh. Yep. Uh so he's he's our first, he's our first stud. Uh first dud. We talked about it earlier, Garoppolo. He was he had a rough one.
1: So can, can I talk about the text message you sent me during the game on the pod or during (laughs) the game that you wanted to talk Uh, about on the pod?
2: uh, Maybe I might've been doing a bit, but go ahead.
1: Okay. So clearly I'm i I'm not on the same wavelength as your bits right now. You texted me.
2: It might not have been.
1: It's time to move or wait, should I go I'm not going to scroll through my phone and find it, but it was something to the effect of the Jimmy Garoppolo era is over. It's (laughs) time for the Nair's to move on
2: yeah i was doing my twitter mentions
1: okay (laughs) i can never so
2: i tried to so i tried to right it's hard to convey i thought the like i'm gonna burn it all down yeah like i'm not gonna do that on the podcast you do
1: you do this thing which i can't tell is a bit all the time sometimes it's definitely a bit sometimes it's not but like an A's game, for example. It'll be a That's third and eight. It's different. The the Astros will score a run and you'll be like, I hate this team with all my heart. This team stinks. <laughs> They're never gonna win anything. And I'm That's... like, all right, that feels that feels genuine. Sometimes with the Niners, you're like, Wow, this is this is like a three and thirteen team. And I'll like that that text will happen in like the first quarter of games. And I feel like you did that with Caroppolo on Sunday, but I, I'm no. still not entirely sure how much of it was a bit.
2: No, so that that was because I was on Twitter obviously and the overreaction from everyone was that. Okay. And so I was trying to say like the A's stuff is all genuine. I can't stand (laughs) the Oakland Athletics. I love your
1: favorite baseball team that you root for? My
2: favorite baseball team that I root for and despise equal amounts. Just the worst bane of my ex- I'm sorry, it's not an AS podcast. Um, no, like that's like I said, that was obviously just a dramatic overreaction I saw on 49ers Twitter. Like, whoa, what are they gonna do with Garoppolo? Um, n- nothing. Like he's gonna start when he's healthy.
1: Yeah. Um, I I sort of look at it because a lot of people be like, I mean, it's the NFL, so everybody reacts to the most recent thing they saw, but just like let let the season play out let's see how this thing goes before we make any rash decisions like wait the sample size is growing we're getting more and more information we know what it looks like when jimmy garoppolo is trying to play on a right high ankle sprain um and the offense has had one practice with all the skill guys together um so if it's still like this in november and december and there's no there's no reason to be optimistic about things then I think it's it's time to have those conversations. Point being, I, I'm just not willing to have that conversation about Garoppolo yet.
2: No, no, it's not. But it's a good bit. If, it. it, if I, it was, I will
1: recognize no. that your alarmist text messages are bits now.
2: Yes, unless it's. About I will be the A's, better at that unless it's about the Oakland Athletics, in which case I can't. I'm actually mad. <laughs> I feel like um, no. The thing is, the thing is with the Niners, I have to look at it more not not pragmatic, um, more like. Logically, because I produce so much content about them both on here and at Niners Wire, right? That if I took every single like knee jerk first thought I had, uh, it would be a disaster because then I would have to, um, go back and write, like, hey, actually, that was just a knee jerk overreaction, um. You know, so I have to I have to view it through a different lens than I do the Oakland days, who I can just bitch about on Twitter. <laughs> you know what you said? I'm getting yeah. yeah, yeah. No? So,
1: yeah, I I don't know if there's much more to say about Garoppolo.
2: Yeah, so look, here's the: if they were all fully healthy and this was a team that everybody thought was going back to the Super Bowl and they lost to the Eagles and the Dolphins because Jimmy Garoppolo stunk, that would be a different conversation. But they're beat up. He's hurt. Um, this is not to make excuses. This is just reality of, of where they're at. And maybe Kyle Shanahan is watching and he's going, wow, okay, we're drafting a quarterback in the first round. Maybe that's what's going on. I don't think so. But he's the he's the guy until uh, proven otherwise. And I think there's a lot of things stacked against him at the moment.
1: If you're going to have a season like this, I mean, this is a very 2020 season to have, right? Yes. Yes. Like, this is just... This is 2020 wrapped up into a football season is what the 49ers are going through. Right. Considering what just happened last year.
2: J- yes. From a... In the scope of an NFL season, yes. Yeah.
1: Um, all right. Next winner, Jason Vrett, We mentioned it. Just playing really well. And probably one of their most consistent players to the last few games since he's been healthy. The- um and i don't know that there's a whole lot to say about it other than it's really cool that he's overcome everything he's overcome to to play good football and um like i mentioned i think he's going to i think he's going to start when when everybody's healthy if everybody is ever healthy here's which how, i guess we can't we can never assume with this team
2: here's how i know that jason Verrett has been a bright spot because he just never comes up during the game yeah He's just net, like, he's just, and that's good for a corner. Yeah, Somebody great. like Fred Warner. I want, I, I, Fred Warner's not on our list, but I, I want to talk about him real quick. Like, Fred Warner, you notice because he's sticking his nose in against the run and he's in coverage over the middle. And Fred Warner's around. Jason Varett on the TV view usually disappears out of the screen right as the ball snapped. And if you don't see him again, that probably means he did a pretty good job. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yep uh also fred warner's awesome and he'll probably be an all pro this year because he is playing at a uh, different level yeah very, very warner's
1: good very good is there yep. he's been their defensive mvp this season so far
2: uh, call this segment warner's and losers
1: there you go there's only yeah. one warner though
2: that's a good point <laughs> uh would you shout out the different warner's around the football uh Bri- brian allen this is why i don't want to call the segment winners and losers yeah because i have a hard time calling brian allen a loser when he got signed to a practice squad on september 16th and on october 11th or on october 10th the saturday they said hey you're getting promoted which is really cool for for a player who probably thinks he might play some special teams and hang out on the sideline and then they're like you're starting go cover Devontae parker like yeah so that 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 i think that stinks
1: the the handling of the cornerback situation, and I know I'm not going to pretend like I know all the variables at play because I'm not in the building and I don't know what the doctors are saying and um, what the players are saying to the coaches about being able to play. But so here's here's what happened. Um, I'll sort of talk about what happened based on what Kyle Shanahan said Monday um, and maybe give my take about what could have happened based on you know sort of what I know or whatever. Um so what happened was Akella Witherspoon last week by the way things went um with the training staff early in the week cuz Akella Witherspoon missed the last two games uh with a hamstring injury so he practiced last week um but wasn't good enough to play um the week before I should say he practiced the week before wasn't good enough to play in that game practiced last week um and For whatever reason, wasn't as good in practice as the training staff thought he would be early in the week. So what the coaching staff did was they gave Akella Witherspoon the starters reps because they thought he was going to start based on what they knew early in the week. And all this stuff is sort of scheduled and like pre-planned. Turns out Witherspoon's hamstring got worse as the week went on. And then it became apparent that they need to make a move in the starting lineup on Friday, which I don't think is all that common. I, I think the 49ers generally have a good idea of like who's gonna start where during the week, and they don't and they don't tell us right. um, until we find out on Sunday, typically in situations like that. So I don't know how often this happens. That's that's one of the things I, I would like to figure out. But um so if Witherspoon had not taken all of those reps, the 49ers might have done something like give Tarvarius Moore the safety those reps at corner after Moore hasn't played cornerback in 2 years, right? Right. Um and clearly Tarvarius Moore playing corner would have been a much better option than Brian Allen, but because Witherspoon got the reps during practice, um the 49ers didn't they wanted to have a cornerback play, not somebody who had practiced all week at safety. Um so that's sort of my interpretation of what happened and potentially what could have happened if if it was clear I guess earlier whether the 49ers just said you know Akello like you know we we want to give you an extra week maybe they should have done that maybe Akello was trying to push it earlier in the week and wasn't completely forthright about the injury and there was there and just this weird thing like Akella Witherspoon was healthy enough to play in an emergency role, but not healthy enough to start. And that in in that's just problematic in general, right? And it's really only something that happens when you're so banged up at the position. Um But if Witherspoon was healthy enough to suit up, the argument is, and I think it's reasonable, that he's healthy enough to start. Um and so at some point, you know, it was like the 49ers really, really didn't want to play Witherspoon, but then he went up to the coaches when Brian Allen was getting torched in the second quarter and said, I'm good enough to play now. And I, I, I would assume that that's sort of a sense that creates a sense of frustration, maybe from the coaching staff about Witherspoon. Like, why didn't you just start this game? You know, like why? Because there were, there was communication on both sides. Witherspoon was talking to the coaches about how he felt. And I'm not trying, uh, you know, I, I'm okay. purely speculating and I'm not trying to draw blame because I'm the sure. injuries are a whole different thing um, and it's a sensitive topic. But clearly there was, it, it wasn't handled correctly. Um, either Witherspoon shouldn't have been active on set, similar to Garoppolo. Like he either should have started or not been active. Um, and it looked like he should have started based on the way he played. So whatever happened during the week that led to Brian Allen getting those practice reps which led to the 49ers starting him um was just problematic and and sort of a uh just a, a mistake that you haven't seen made by the 49ers and may, and it might be unprecedented just because like I said of their five corners that they that they broke the year having on the 53 man roster um you know like Jason Brett's only one so they're they're doing a whole lot of shuffling right now right so it's a weird situation, but that's, that's, I guess, the best way I can describe
2: it. Dante Whitner, former 49er safety, said on NBC Sports Bay Area that Akella Witherspoon was soft and selfish. Yeah. Best words. And I'm wondering if, and again, I'm a guy who's currently sitting in an office chair with his feet kicked up on a couch cushion. Um, <laughs> I, I. I would i n- I'm never gonna call a professional athlete soft, but when another former professional athlete says that, it makes my antennas go up. Because that's not something that right. players say lightly about a team they're covering. Like, he wasn't trash talking. Like it, it, so I don't know. That was it's just a very odd thing. Um, that I've and I'm sure a lot of people have taken mental note of. Right. to see what's going on with witherspoon especially going into a, a free agent here
1: yeah i'm with you and yeah it, with his free agency coming a up for that by the way yeah he see. him and brian allen both allen allowed five catches uh on six targets 124 yards a touchdown and two penalties Ooh. um about as bad as a game as you can have as a cornerback
2: to his credit the horse collar penalty was not that good of a call. Okay. So everything else, everything else, the third and 22 touchdown
1: to Parker was,
2: that was as bad. That was as bad as it gets.
1: That was as bad as it gets. And there's just a free release.
2: I think there's a deeper critique of the 49ers scheme, uh, where, where they kind of stick to their scheme and they say that this is what it's going to be. um, even though that scheme is very dependent on players being really good at their positions, yes, and Brian Allen not NFL ready quite yet,
1: right? Um, yeah. So I, I think if they go into the week with clarity, whether Witherspoon's playing or not, for whatever reason, whatever reason it was, they didn't have clarity. Um, you know, maybe you're you're able to get a full week of practice for Tavarius Moore, right? And then, you know, cause they're like the Niners have talked about this a lot. And I know it was, it was probably, um, it was probably last year, a year before that, but like talking to Robert Sala about Jimmy Ward, right. And just, um, you know, do you play, do you ever consider playing Jimmy Ward in the slot because he's played there a lot? He's pretty good in there. Or do you just have him play free safety? How do you, how do you make that decision? And ultimately what Robert Sala has said in the past is like, we just want our best guys out there sort of regardless of position. Um and so there's no way Tarvarius Moore in that situation isn't one of the best five or six guys in the secondary that you could have out there.
2: Right.
1: So, um he played zero defensive snaps, by the way. So that was that was a, a misstep in my opinion because there's no way Tar- Tarvarius Moore might not have been awesome, but he would have been way better than Brian Allen. Like we already know Tarvarius Moore can play cornerback. He hasn't played it well, necessarily because he only played it as a rookie and then switched to safety but i mean it couldn't have been it couldn't have been as bad as brian allen was right which which in essence the reason why the 49ers got away from running the ball which is sort of like the basis of their offense and what they're trying to work on right now is because they were down by double digits so early right so then they had to pass and then that's where all the issues with the offensive line come up then you get garoppolo hurt if you get stops to start that game, maybe you're able to run the ball and dictate tempo um, and do what you want on offense. And maybe we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo in a completely different sense. Sure. Based on the way the defense played like the, the 49ers have talked a lot about complimentary football and that's, that's, you know, it's kind of obvious and maybe cliche, but like, that's what it is for them at this point. Last winter.
2: Yeah. Kerry Hider who just kind of continues being a really solid defensive end uh, for the 49ers. Two pressures and a sack yesterday, a really good hustle play on the sack to to chase down Ryan Fitzpatrick. The the thing I was thinking about b- before the podcast is Hyder would be really excellent. Like he's been fine as a starter. He's he's I think probably an average to above average starter. Um, probably closer to average. But if he was the backup guy with Nick Bosa and D Ford healthy, and Ronald Blair healthy, where the Niners' defensive ends are are Bosa, Ford, Armstead, with with Hider and and Blair, I think that's a really good group.
1: Um, I have numbers for you.
2: Oh, great! I uh, seventeen. Okay, now you go.
1: Kerry <laughs> Hyder is uh, eighth among edge rushers with 21 pressures, wow! According to Pro Football Focus, that leads the 49ers. Eric Armstead has 19. Um, Joey Bosa in four games through t- before tonight. Uh, we recorded this on Monday night, so Joey Bosa, Joey Bosa's numbers aren't in PFF's database in the Saints game, but Bosa had 22. So Hyder's just behind Joey Bosa, although Bosa played Saints one game. fewer games um and also let me look at run stop since this is a big run stop podcast
2: oh we're talking kevin givens
1: well i was looking uh carrie Hyder is tied for third among edge rushers in run stops with 11 oh
2: love to um, see it big yeah Kerry Hi- big Carry Hyder guy
1: yeah he's just... he's Way like better than expected,
2: much yes. better than expected. And I think, like I said, I think he would be really thriving in like a reserve role. And like I said, he's a good starter, but uh, had another good game Sunday, and I think he's just continues to put together uh, really strong outings and clearly enjoying being back uh, coached by Chris Kassel. So if, shout out if, to Carry Hyder, really good story.
1: So if Carry Hyder can be healthy next year, you bring him back presumably. Yes. Yes. Um, if you have to get rid of D Ford and you're considering. Um, you know drafting an edge rusher or whatever like if you have Nick Bosa and Kerry Hyder sort of as your starter and then you have another edge rusher who you could bring in kind of groom behind them as maybe rotational guys first year like Kerry Hyder is sort of that perfect stopgap,
2: right sure or at
1: least yeah. that's what it looks like and then maybe More Ronald easy. Blair can be something of the same although they're both they're both only signed through this season
2: I mean, if he's, but if if Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead are your edges in in base, and then yeah, Kerry Hyder's your sub package edge rusher. I mean, I don't think that's
1: yeah. And base. then you you add like a yeah, guy sub-backing. you draft in the second sure. round or something. Yeah. If you have to use uh yeah. your first round pick on a left tackle, <laughs>
2: you know maybe
1: <laughs> maybe um
2: Kerry Hyder. shout out to him good game. Who is the, uh, speaking of edge rushers, who is your DeMontre Moore MVP of the game?
1: Um, it's Ryan
2: Fitzpatrick. I think that's the right answer.
1: He was good. Um, like the Dolphins played well. It was, you know, their defense just was sort of relentless, uh, uh, up front, but the offense, I mean, took advantage. Ryan Fitzpatrick averaged 12 and a half yards per attempt.
2: Yeah. He was Through awesome. three
1: touchdowns, he completed seventy nine percent of his throws,
2: and they went after like they did the right. They did the right thing. They right. went after the weakest spot in the defense. Yeah, right, that that's the right thing to do. He completed the throws, and that's why Ryan Fitzpatrick's thirty seven and still starting. I want to credit the Niners defense for one thing though. Fitzpatrick three carries for sixteen yards. His longest run was seventeen yards. Yeah. So on his other two carries, they held him to minus one yard. So nice job to the Niners defense.
1: Yeah, they they entered the game the leading the league in quarterback rushing yards allowed.
2: Probably still leading the league.
1: They they probably are. They had enough of a enough of a, of a lead in that category that they probably
2: do. <laughs> uh got some insurance yards. Uh, all right. I think that's gonna do it for this uh, this pod. I don't have a lot else to say. It was just kind of a. Can I brag about playing Harding Park, yeah. Park on Saturday? <sighs> Fine.
1: Played Harding Park on Saturday. It was awesome. Wow. I did not drive awesome. sixteen. Wow. I didn't. Uh, I I didn't do the Morikawa on drive sixteen. I actually had a really errant tee shot, which was unfortunate, and had to go over the trees. So I did not eagle that hole. If you watch the PGA, you you know what I'm talking about, Kyle.
2: That's a. I feel like that's a very niche joke that you just did. It's um, not even a joke. Well, it's kind of a joke. I'm, be- a I'm being I'm being stuck up golfer
1: God. guy. Actually, that's kind of the joke
2: yeah i feel like that's not not joke thing you said um (laughs) and i sure i think you're probably right
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay great yeah shot a 96 from the tips it wasn't great i i need i'm gonna i'm gonna get a new driver i need to uh i need to add some yards same (laughs) um all right
2: I i gotta fix my slice if you have any golf tips for me uh Tweet at me how to fix my slice.
1: <laughs> um hey, we actually we actually had a pod with uh, knock on wood, no technical issues this week.
2: That's two in a row. Two in a row. Go us.
1: Three three's a trend, right? Is that the same? Yeah,
2: that, that three. That's how many games in a row, Jason Verts?
1: There you go. Um Jason
2: all right. of Podcast. Ouch.
1: I mean, Good were quarter. we like decimated by injuries at by some point? By
2: technical difficulties. For okay.
1: All right. Fair enough. Um, we'll we'll see you guys later in the week when we're we preview the Rams. Preview the Rams game. Figure
2: out how the 49 Niners aren't going to give up ninety points.
0: <laughs> Nobody builds five G like Verizon builds five G.